Welcome to Season 4 of the Social Pros Podcast, where we shine the spotlight on real people doing real work in social media and learn the social secrets of the world's most interesting brands. Social Pros is sponsored by Integrated PR Software from Cision, by the easy-to-use farm builder, FarmStack, by the influencer marketing platform, Tap Influence, and by the social marketing promotions and management tool, ShortStack. Your Social Pros co-hosts are Jeff Roars from Salesforce Marketing Cloud and Jay Bear from Convince and Convert. Ready? Let's get to work. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Social Pros, the podcast for real people doing real work in social media. I am, as always, your host, Jay Bear from Convince and Convert and the Jay Today podcast, joined, as always, by my pal, Jeffrey K. Roars. Vice President of Sports at Salesforce Marketing Cloud. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, how are you? I say every sports week, every week the title's sports getting better. Sports doing. It's getting better. It's sports getting better doing. every week. Yeah, well, we're talking sports because we're gearing up for this uh, Super Bowl. And uh, as is uh, my annual uh, tradition, I hunker down not so much to watch the game as to watch all the commercials leading up to and during the game, and then assess them for their uh, their audience building efforts. Because I figure if you're going to pay $4.5 million for 30 seconds, you should walk away with more than just branding. But Jay, uh, based on the stuff that I'm seeing released thus far, I'm not too optimistic that we're going to see much more innovation this year. But maybe we will, um, hopefully. You know, everybody... For somebody to really blow it out. Well, we talked about this a lot last year. Um, and these brands seem to be allergic to calls to action, right? There, there really is, n- in many cases, no, uh, hey, you just consume this content, now go do this so we can close the loop. It's really pretty remarkable. Uh, you know, and it's funny because a few years ago, there was more, right? There was throwing it to Facebook. There was a lot of Shazam kind of implementation and integration. Uh-huh. There was even some SMS kind of stuff. And now it seems like that's gone by the wayside and everybody's just playing the straight branding card. So it'll be it'll be interesting uh, to see, we should we should go back and chain together all of our post Super Bowl shows. Now that we're on episode 151 of Social Pros, uh, and see how it's uh, how it's unfolded over the last three or I guess four years now. It's amazing. Yeah, it, it certainly hasn't it certainly hasn't grown. I mean, last year eSurance was the one with the uh, you know eSurance save 30 hashtag or yeah, yeah save 30 hashtag contest that really generated a ton of amplification, but. Um, it just amazes me that you know we're living in the age of mobile, and um, you know all marketing is direct because of that little device called a smartphone in your hand. Especially during the Super Bowl, you know, 70, 80 percent of the viewers are going to have a smartphone, a, a a tablet, or a laptop nearby. Uh, and if the brands aren't you know having some sort of call to action, some sort of activation, it's just a, a giant miss in in my mind. So we'll see. I'm going to be doing a lot of Viewing, replaying, and writing in the wee small hours of the morning after the Super Bowl. So uh, hopefully it's a uh, a game without a blackout because I don't need it delayed. <laughs> yeah, that let's hope that never happens again. It may be a game with fully inflated uh, balls too. I'm pretty sure we can count on that. Well, I love how both Bill Nye, the science guy, and Wilson, the football manufacturer, have come out to refute the science of Bill Belichick, <laughs> saying that uh, you know they could naturally deflate. Um, so, you know, one could hope that, you know, maybe the NFL would actually have an investigation that ended in a timely fashion with some sort of punishment, but who knows? I'm going to say no, it's going to be my prediction. 
uh, I don't have a, I usually have a great segue at this point to introduce our guest, but I really don't have either a fully inflated balls reference or a punishment reference. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to come right out and say that I am genuinely psyched for this week's episode of Social Pros, because one of my friends and one of my mentors, uh, Rory Vaden, who is the co-founder of Southwestern Consulting, a self-discipline strategist and the New York Times bestselling author of Take the Stairs and the brand new book, which I absolutely adore, called Procrastinate on Purpose. Mr. Rory Vaden is joining us on the show. Rory, thanks for being here. Hey, it's good. It's good to have to to be here with you, and I appreciate you having me. And and uh, I mean, I could have thought of a few inflated balls references probably to make that segue. I know you could because you're a professional and a <laughs> self-disciplined strategist. But I prefer to not make people have to do their own segues because you know we're a professional show here. So tell us about the book. It's only been out like a few weeks, and it's just killing it. It's it's roaring up the charts. Oh yeah, well, uh, thank you for that. It, it, it is uh, hit number one on Amazon in like five categories, and it was officially a national bestseller, which is which is great. Uh, of course, this is our second book, so it's you know all that stuff isn't as exciting the second time around. We're we're really interested, and we we've been interested this project all along in solving what seems to be the number one issue that all of our clients have, which is time. And and how do they create more time, and how do they keep up with it? Because it seems like we're moving faster than ever before and we should have more tools at our disposal and we, we, we should be doing things more efficiently than ever. And yet it seems like more than ever before, everyone is stressed and frustrated and busy and overwhelmed and constantly just like behind. And no matter how fast we seem to move, we seem to be falling further and further behind. And so we sit on a mission both for our clients and, and for our own lives to try to find some real life uh, solutions to how are the most uh, how are the the world's ultra performers thinking differently about time you know today and I should say that your clients at Southwestern Consulting are mostly uh, salespeople and sales teams. Your organization is a sales training and coaching company. But the things that you say about time and, and this concept of of the faster we work, the farther we fall behind is a very familiar refrain to people who are professionals in the social media industry, which is why I was so excited to have you on the Social Pros podcast. Uh, so many of the listeners to this show are constantly on, even when they're not technically on, they're still unofficially on, they're monitoring social media, um, they're, they're doing crisis management, or they're, they're opportunistic about posting things, and they're always checking on their brand or their personal brand, etc. It, it is almost a 24-hour-a-day universe, and the more technology we add, the more social apps we we devise, the more channels that we have to monitor, uh, the worse it gets, not the better it gets. And so I think that sense of of frustration that you mentioned a moment ago is very prevalent amongst the people who listen to this podcast. And that's why I like the book so much, Procrastinate on Purpose, because it really gives readers a recipe, an actual framework for how to fix your own time problem. But, but you do it in, I think, a very unusual way. It's not about just being more efficient with your time because that book has been written or versions of that book have been written over and over and over and over for probably 25 years. But you went and took a fundamentally different approach to, to what you call multiplying your time. Can you talk a little bit about what you mean by that, multiplying your time? Because we, we always say everybody's got 24 hours, but maybe they don't. 
Yeah, it, it's it is exactly what you say, Jay. I never we never thought we would write a book that was related to productivity or time management. I never wanted to write it because I didn't think there was anything original to say because it seemed like everything I read they were all saying the same things. And you know, now after having gone through the journey, the the very first sentence of the book says everything you know about time management is wrong. And we really that was how we started the 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 journey was we said let's explode everything that we know and let's start from scratch and just look at how are the world's ultra performers doing it and it, it, it turns out that that premise was ended up being validated and and you touched on a few of those things um, so you know just quickly to give a real brief history of time management theory we've basically broken it down into these three eras and era one is is a classic kind of thinking that I, I would think is very pervasive to anyone who is you know managing social and that's their whole world um, and it was really developed you know time management as a body of work developed in the 50s and 60s kind of on the heels of manufacturing and era one was what very one-dimensional thinking it was all about efficiency it was how do we develop things and tricks tools and technology to help us do things faster and there's nothing wrong with efficiency. All things being equal, efficiency is a great thing. But what we started to realize, I mean, in fact, it's quite obvious, is that we're moving faster than ever before. All of us carry around, you know, as Jeffrey said, with these miniature computers in our pockets, we're moving faster than ever, and yet we still never seem to be caught up. And so it's obvious that there is a point of diminishing returns to doing things faster. Well, in the late 80s, um, is really when the the dawn of era two time management thinking uh, happened and it was all about prioritizing your time so rather than just managing your time by doing things more efficient to fit more in I think the idea was to focus first on what matters most and it was that idea like I need to protect my focus around whatever is is the most critical thing and and prioritizing is also a good thing and but but it has a limitation and most of us throw around that word prioritizing like it's somehow the end-all be-all to everything time management you know we say you just gotta get your priorities in order or you need to be a better prioritizer but the world has has very much ignored something a, a limiting factor of prioritizing which is there is nothing about prioritizing that, that creates more time all prioritizing does is take item number seven and it bumps it up to number one on your to-do list and that's a valuable skill and it's still a relevant skill but it doesn't do anything to help you achieve the other nine items on your to-do list and it doesn't technically create more time it's more like you're borrowing time from the other activities to spend on this one and so when we started to to look at the way that ultra performers are operating in the world today we noticed that they were making a different calculation, uh, really an additional calculation. And while most people are prioritizing based on the urgency calculation, right? What what is the most important thing I have to do today? Uh, multipliers, which is our new term for ultra performers, uh, multipliers were making a calculation not based on urgency, but based on significance. And the key distinction is urgency is how soon does it matter then significance is how long does it matter? And multipliers get outside of the construct of only thing about today, which is the urgency calculation. And that's asking the question, what's the most important thing I have to do today? And they have instead, they have evolved, not because they wanted to, but because they had to, 
they have evolved away from urgency to significance. And so in one sentence, Jay, the, the way that you multiply your time um, is very straightforward. It's right here. You multiply your time by giving yourself the emotional permission to spend time on things today that give you more time tomorrow. So it's focusing on on the lifespan of your activities, of, of spending time on things that that actually um, will will pay off down the road. And one of the one of the sub themes that you have in the book that I've quoted now a bunch of times and maybe even on the show is is that you say, and I'm probably paraphrasing here, so I apologize if I've done this injustice, please correct me, that that essentially there's really no such thing as being busy, that really people who are quote unquote busy are just worse at saying no, that that there is no inherently busy. Um, you've just choosing to accept more um, pulls on on your time. Is that is that what you believe and and you think that multiplying your time is the antidote for that? Well, yeah, I mean this is this came this whole conversation which is towards the opening of the book is is one that I realized that I had a major weakness at. Um, it was slaps in the face in my own life as we started to dissect and deconstruct you know, the mindset of ultra performers and, and that it was that I used to think I was so busy. I mean, I would tell people, I, I would make a little sales pitch. Like, you know, people would ask me how I'm doing. I'm like, oh, I'm just so busy with this big melodramatic sigh. And, and it was almost like I was gaining some weird, uh, you know, sick sense of self-importance from it. And it was really sad. And when, you know, we are looking at some of our top coaching clients and and looking at the people who really create exponential growth and scalable, uh, scalable results in their businesses, we noticed that they never talked about how busy they were. And, and I was surrounded by people who were at least as busy as I was, but they never seemed to talk about it. And, and it, was the, it was a mentality difference. And, and most of us complain about how busy we are. But multipliers don't do that. As one of the multipliers uh, quoted in their profile, uh, there's like eight of the profiles that actually made it into the finished book, but we, we did dozens of these. Um, is she said, you know, Rory, you, you, you realize how futile it is to complain about how much there is to do. And when and you, you eventually mature to the place that you realize it's, it's much more valuable to expend your energy into doing things rather than expending your energy in, com, into complaining about all that there is to be done. Because we're all, you cannot be more busy than someone else. It's like there's 24 hours in a day. And if, if it's all, if it's all, all that time is assigned to something, then we're all the same. But the reality is that any commitment, like anything on your calendar was a commitment that was either made or allowed by you. And when I take on the mentality of I'm just so busy, what happens is that makes me, it puts me in a victim role that all of this stuff is happening to me and I have no power. I have no control over this. Whereas multipliers realize that the moment they take responsibility for their situation, they also empower themselves to break through some of the old belief barriers and the mental paradigms of our own, uh, you know, kind of restricted thinking, and that it empower themselves to find new solutions. And that was a that was a big mistake I was making, and just, you know, it, it's it's a transformation that has to take place where you have to just say. I'm I, I'm going to stop telling everybody how busy I am. I'm going to kind of I'm going to quit my self-indulgent complaining because it's not serving me. It's not helping me get anything done, and it's not advancing my thinking to the place that my thinking needs to be in order to process more. Because the challenges 
you know, are of today are certainly great, but so are the tools which are at hand to accomplish those results. So, Rory, um, your book is built around these five permissions. Um, and I, 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 as we mentioned kind of pre-show, I just kind of ran through this book over the weekend. I was just, just eating it up. I was quoting things to my wife because we both, uh, you know, I think have some of those tendencies to say, oh, we're busy um, and, and, and do things that, that aren't perhaps as productive as they could be. And as I was reading through the permissions, they were really resonating with me. So I wanted to just kind of jump into a couple of them and, and get you to kind of explain them to our audience because I think they, in a social media world where you've got new channels coming in at you all the time, you've got existing channels you have to manage, you have bosses and, and stakeholders and shareholders all clamoring for your time and your latest insights, it's hard to juggle. And the, and the very first permission you talk about is about eliminating you know, giving yourself the permission to ignore certain things. Can you mm. share with our listeners a little bit about that particular permission and, and what, um, what resonated with you about that as you began to explore that concept? Yeah, absolutely, Jeff, and that's, that's a big one. And, and I guess before even we dive into that, I should probably even clarify or you know, talk about why, the word, why we use the word permissions. And it's very much connected to the opening sentence of the book that everything you know about time management is wrong and there's several of the common cliches that have basically been abandoned or exploded by multipliers but but one of the the biggest things and i and it's funny because out of all the academic research and statistical sampling we do all of the client work etc cetera, etc cetera, where i really learned this was from a 2 year old and I was with, I was at my business partner uh, Dustin's house on a Saturday morning, and we were having a very key uh, global strategy meeting. And so we had all of our leaders. We have about 100 people on our team at Southwestern Consulting, and we've been growing really fast. And, and so we have all these leaders in, and we don't normally work on a Saturday, but it was like the only day we could do this. And so I'm picking Dustin up early, and I'm at his house, and as we're leaving, his little two-year-old baby girl named Haven who is the sweetest thing that you've ever seen, All, a little southern accent already developing, she comes running down the hallway, and she leaps, and she latches on, her whole body latches around Dustin's leg, and she looks up at him, and she says, Daddy, where are you going? And he says, oh, I'm sorry, baby Haven. Uh, Daddy, I have to go to work today. And her eyes immediately well up with tears, and she says, no, Daddy, no work today. Please, no work. And, and in that moment, guys, I realized two things. The first was that I'm not ready to have children myself quite just yet. <laughs> um, uh, and then the second one was that, you know, everything you've ever read about time management is about tips and tricks, tools and technology, these calendars and checklists. It's about a system of organizing things or doing things more efficiently. Everything that, you, that we ever read about time management is logical. But today, time management isn't just logical. It's emotional. And our feelings of guilt and fear 
and anxiety drive our decisions about how we spend our time as much as whatever is on our to-do list. And multipliers know that and, and they're conscious of it. And so they've developed strategies to help them manage their emotions better, realizing that it directly affects their ability to manage their, their time. And ultimately, one of, the, one of the other big misconceptions that came out of this is there is no such thing as time management. You can't manage time. Time continues on every second. A, a, you know, time passes by and we can't fast forward it, we can't stop it, we can't pause it. We, there is no such thing as time management, there is only self-management. And that self-management has everything to do with managing our emotions. So that's where the word, you know, the, the subtitle of the book, uh, so procrastinate on purpose, five permissions to multiply your time, that is where permissions comes from, is that emotional, uh, you know, this book is really the, the emotional side also of productivity. And when you talk about eliminate, um, which is the first stage in the focus mm -hmm. funnel, um, th that is that is the, the one where we have the widest swath of opportunity for improvement, Jeff. And, and this, again, this is the one that I, I struggle with. Um, and, you know, if you picture, as we talk through the focus funnel here in the next few minutes, just at the, at the wide end, the top end of the funnel is eliminate. Um, most of us have a fear of saying no. We have a hard time of, of saying no to things, and so we end up saying yes to things we really want to say no to because I have this fear of missing out. I have this fear of letting people down. I have this fear that I won't be good enough if I, you know, or I, I won't I won't get promoted or I won't be valued if I'm not taking on everything. Um, and so I end up going through life trying to avoid saying no. And and one of the things that came out from again and one of the multipliers. Uh, is he said, Rory, you have to realize it's impossible to go through life without saying no. You are always saying no to something. Anytime you are simultaneously, anytime you're saying uh, no to one thing, you are simultaneously saying no to an infinite number of others. And so when, when I realize that and I grasp that insight, then out of that as a foundation, the emotional permission to ignore takes place because I realize that if I'm not consciously saying no to the things that don't matter, then I end up unconsciously saying no to the things that do matter. And how does that, how does that translate into kind of the day-to-day -day work environment? So, yeah, one of the things that uh, really resonated with me was where you started talking about um, meetings and the number of folks at meetings and uh, assessing um, whether you even need to have them. Um, can you talk with folks? Because I think for our listeners, that probably is going to resonate a lot because they're probably, uh, as a social media pro, stretched between marketing and customer service and sales and asked to have their ears and eyes on a lot of different things. How do they prioritize that? Yeah, that's a, that is a big one. And, you know, you, you have to... You, you have to really challenge yourself on every meeting. It's almost like, you know, throw, completely erase your calendar and make every single task fight and earn its way back on to your calendar. It's like, are we having a meeting because there's a reason to have a meeting or are we just having a meeting because that's what we do every Monday at 9 a.m. and now we got to figure out stuff to talk about to fill our time in the meeting. Um, and that's something that multipliers don't do. It's like they have... They they might have some regularly scheduled meetings, but they you know they're not afraid to cancel them if there's not a very clear set of things that need to be discussed, and they're constantly eliminating both you know what meetings really are critical and also what people need to be in there because they say that with every every additional person in the meeting, 
it, it basically it basically can di it ends up diluting the effectiveness of the meeting because you've got one more opinion to be considered. In the in the meeting context, Rory, you know, one of the things that the social pros will often have a challenge is that they're not necessarily the one calling the meeting. Um, you know, they might have folks above them who are. So how do they how do they influence those uh, those leaders to to make sure that those meetings are efficient and the right people are around the table? Well, one is probably just by leading by example and and making sure that you come into every meeting with a very clear set of what what is it that you need out of that meeting, and then also summarizing at the end of every meeting what the action items are and who and who's responsible for them. And then what happens is 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 you start to kind of just initiate that discipline. Then other people start to really appreciate that, and they start you know just emulating it regardless. And and it becomes obvious over time that if if somebody doesn't have any action items after the meeting, then it's like why are they in the meeting in the first place? And some of that just kind of happens. But you know it's it's not just meetings. It's it's in every area of your life where can you eliminate? And it's embracing this idea that perfection is achieved. Not only when nothing more can be added, but when nothing else can be taken away. Uh, you know, with my own inbox, I I don't know where this came from, but somehow I feel I feel obligated that I have to respond to every email. Is the response needed? It's it's eliminating my need to share my opinion on everything. Um, it's there's all sorts of things that that we can be eliminating, and and in some cases there may be you know for a social pro there may be social channels that you need to eliminate. We hear about all the new things. We're always in the know on the latest and the coolest stuff, and we feel obligated that oh my gosh now I have to do this and I have to do this and I have to do this and I have to do this, and it's like no, um, it's not about doing things. It's about getting results, and and that is another classic thing that is an, another uh, cliche that was exploded you know the we used to say efficiency is doing things right effectiveness is doing the right things and multipliers have basically come in and said we don't care about either of those because both of those are about doing things and ultimately at the end of the day we don't care about doing lots of things or little things we care about getting results and that's not a efficiency or effectiveness that word is efficacy and so it's really looking at your social strategy and going, what is the purpose of this social? And it might be brand awareness, it might be customer engagement, it might be lead generation, but that having absolute clarity and then really, again, looking at every social channel and saying, does this channel really serve this purpose? And if it doesn't, it's giving yourself permission to eliminate it and, not, and get rid of that fear that I have to be doing this because everyone else is doing it. Well, it's so interesting what you were saying about figuring out the the true cost of, of meetings and really any activity. I've written about that quite a bit on the Convince and Convert blog, this concept that in social media and in content marketing, we're always talking about ROI and what's the ROI and what's the ROI. And we've got all this software and all this drama and all this thought leadership, quote unquote, around around the R, right? How do you calculate the R? Are you calculating the R based on conversions, on clicks, on uh, lifetime customer value, on net promoter score, on engagement rate? But we spend very little time calculating the I, the actual investment, even though the math of that is painfully simple. There's so little conversation about, you know what? Every single time you press send, whether it's email or Facebook or Snapchat or Instagram or a podcast, every single time you get involved in anything, there is an actual cost to that. And uh, it's just crazy to me how, how we, we have completely shifted the balance of conversation around return and have completely, in, in most cases, ignored the investment. And, and I'm glad to hear you uh, say that, that you're putting some, some thinking against that in your own business. One of the things I wanted to ask you, though, 
is about how you create your own thought leadership as a speaker and and uh, and an author uh, and a consultant. You create a lot of content and a lot of social media yourself, and and your own behaviors have. Um, certainly increased and become more uh, efficacious in that regard. It seems to me like you are now doing more podcasting as well uh, and certainly more email. Do you want to talk a little bit about your own kind of content journey and what you're finding most effective for your business today? Yeah, so that's a great question, Jay. I think, you know, for us, it was really boiling it down to go, what what are we trying to do here? And I think with the recent book launch, it gave us a lot of clarity. And that that's so helpful to just go, you know, for us, it's like we're trying to pre-sell books. And, and it, having that clarity really drives it a lot because you go, okay, so what really sells books? And and we came up with this strategy of um, because so much of this stuff is very radical and directly flies in the face of some of the conventional wisdom we hear about productivity and time management, we said, all right, let's do a free one-hour webinar. And, and rather than blasting social media or email blasting people saying, hey, buy my book, buy my book, buy my book, it's just, you know, let's, let's do a little utility and let's let's drive people to the free webinar and let's get our whole company we got each person in our company their own unique text code so that that we could measure it by person in our company of who was getting people to opt in um, to our free webinar and and it's having that one measurement of we're you know we're looking at how many people opted in and how many people and how many people bought and where did those leads come from um, and so that has been huge to just have that clarity versus just going, oh, well, we want to have a lot of follower tweets or, you know, a lot of likes on our page or a lot of comments. Um, and for us, one of the things that that led to was we pretty much abandoned traditional publicity this, for this book launch because we saw so much more engagement on podcasts than we did even with anything related to social, with, you know, like, social media specifically, um, if, you, if you count podcasts as separate from that, and, and even like the articles. You know, we've had articles in Forbes, and, and we spend all this time and money and energy trying to get an, a writer from Forbes to go to just pay attention to our book, and then they feature it, and we have this huge feature, and then it's, there is no, no identifiable increase in uh, traffic or conversions or new email subscribers or purchases. And, it, and it's just like, this is just crazy. Um, and meanwhile, the podcast medium is, is, seems to be very intimate and people are engaged. And, and, and to us, you know, doing a podcast is, is almost the equivalent of just like when I'm standing on stage speaking in front of a room of people. You know, even if somebody only has 100 podcast subscribers, I'm willing to take that because I, I would rather have 40 minutes on stage with 100 people in a room than I would, you know, when we had... We were on Fox and Friends national you know, morning show. There's millions of viewers, but it's three minutes, and you have no idea if you're reaching your target market, and, and it's just it's just random. So, you know, again, having that one metric, and, and for us, it's how many people how many people opted into our blog today, how many people opted into the webinar, how many people bought the book, and and so that has been was was huge. And then one of the things that we did, which we just sort of stumbled upon, which was a really cool strategy is sort of taking that utility concept and, and making it a win for everybody is rather than going to our past clients and saying, hey, would you, you know, buy a bunch of books for all your employees or whatever, we instead went to them and said, hey, how would you like it if we hosted 
a custom branded webinar for you and I'll waive my webinar fee and we will put your logo on the landing page and we'll put your logo on every slide in the lower third and I'll do a custom video greeting for all of your people and it will look it, it will basically look like you hired me to do this and so the company gets a great branding opportunity or a value add sort of utility offer that they can make to their their customers or to their uh, employees uh, then you know the person watching obviously gets the free education of the one-hour webinar and then for us it creates the exposure for the for the book and so it's it's everybody wins We'll try and make sure we get some books sold here from the Social Pros listeners, which number in the 58,000 listeners a month to the show now. So we're going to sell some books. And I also want to sell some software uh, right now and uh, talk just for a second uh, about some of the sponsors of this fantastic podcast, which is now on episode 151. Uh, The show is also always brought to you by Salesforce Marketing Cloud, Jeff's company. Uh, They have a terrific, unbelievably important and useful research report out now called the State of Marketing Leadership, where Salesforce worked in cooperation with LinkedIn to interview 5,000 marketing leaders all over the world to figure out kind of what they're interested in, what's on their mind. You're going to learn a lot about what's going on out there, not just in your company, because you probably already know that, but everybody else out there, take a look at this report. It's the State of Marketing Leadership from Salesforce Marketing Cloud. It's at bit.ly slash marketing leadership. That's bit.ly slash marketing leadership, all lowercase. The show is also brought to you by our good friends at Shortstack. If you're trying to do something online in social, whether it's a webinar, as Rory talked about a minute ago, uh, a download, an event, any sort of thing that's that's got some pop to it, Shortstack software is terrific. I'm using it uh, myself for our stuff at Convince and Convert and for some clients as well. Whether you've got 10,000 fans, 10 million fans, or anything in between, great platform uh, for Facebook and beyond, mobile ready, etc. Great stuff. Check out what Formstack is doing at bit.ly slash shortstack campaigns. That's bit.ly slash shortstack campaigns, all lowercase. And lastly, but certainly not leastly, the show is sponsored by Cision. They've been a longtime partner. Love those guys. Cision's the leading provider of software and tools and services to the public relations industry. They do a great job with influencer ID. They also have some content amplification tools built into their software now. So if you want to kind of juice something that you're doing on Taboola and Outbrain, you can do all that through Cision. Uh, They have a really interesting uh, new guide called How to Succeed with Influencer Relations. I think we're all thinking more and more about influencers this year as a way to amplify our messages on behalf of ourselves or our companies. Great guide from Cision, How to Succeed with influencer, Influencer Relations. You can get that at bit.ly slash influencer success. That's bit.ly slash influencer success. So Rory, one of the things we're doing this year on Social Pros is asking questions about the origin of our guests. And so thinking about your own personal story, what are the one or two moments that really stand out to you that were critical in helping you get from what you envision you'd be when you were, let's say, in school or college to where you are now? Yeah, wow, what a great question. I, you know, One of the things that's become obvious to me that I'm very grateful for is this whole journey that has led us to this conversation, how do you multiply time? And, 
and we've said it's all about the significance calculation and it's getting outside of the construct of thinking about today to instead thinking how can I use my time in a way today that creates more time tomorrow. Um, that is the result and I just, I'm just now realizing that, that, that coming to that big idea that you multiply time by spending time on things today that create more time tomorrow is the result of having intentionally taking on more than I've been able to handle <laughs> for most of my life and that's been such a blessing uh, again and not something to be a victim of but I think when I was in uh, college one of the big you know key parts of my career was I was a freshman at Denver University um, DU dollars unlimited as I like to call it and I was an accounting major and I got recruited to work in this crazy summer work program and I ended up doing this for five years and it changed my life and uh, it was for a company called Southwestern Advantage and for the last 150 years Southwestern has worked with you know 3,000 college students every summer and what we did was uh, we would go through a week-long sales school they called it and then after sales school we would go to a state we had never been before and we would knock on doors to find a place to live once we found a place to live, then every morning we would wake up at 5.59 a.m., take ice-cold showers, and then we would go out and knock on doors 14 hours a day, six days a week, on straight commission, paying all of our own expenses, selling educational children's reference books door-to-door. -door. And uh, I did that for five summers and ended up making about $250,000 uh, total in, in personal income over the course of those five summers in college and graduate school. But you know, the person I became in the process was was much more valuable than the money because, you know, by the time I was a senior, I had like 63 people in my organization and I would be selling for 14 hours during the day and then I would come home at night and we'd have to manage all the stat calls and keep up with the paperwork and all the clients and, and leading that team. And I was, I was 19, 20, 21 years old, not really capable of doing it and, and, and I learned it. And then, um, you know, as we started Southwestern Consulting, we we started with four of us and we just kind of bootstrapped the company and said, hey, we're gonna we're gonna be the world's greatest sales coaching company in the world and and you know now we've grown that into a hundred people and a lot of it is just working with amazing people and and um, we moved to a new city every four months for four years when we built that business uh, and just the the blessing of being an entrepreneur and and just realizing that that and changing my perspective to, oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed, I'm so stressed, I'll never be caught up, to learning to embrace the mentality of a multiplier, which is all of these things are pushing me to a level that most people will never get to, and embracing them as a blessing that not only challenged my thinking, but developed my abilities, and it sharpens my character, and it makes me more powerful and able to go out and make a big impact on the world, part of which includes learning how to multiply my time. Excellent. Although I do have to ask you, what is your what is your guiltiest couch potato pleasure when you actually <laughs> fall off the wagon? Oh goodness. Well, I mean, if you're talking about like a TV show, it's uh my wife and I always watch Modern Family. That's what we do when we sell out as we watch Modern we watch Modern Family reruns. Um, and uh, you know, so that I guess that would be an an indulgence for sure. Excellent.
And I think I'll throw it over to Jay for uh, his his remaining questions. Well, I can tell you, having been fortunate enough to know Rory for a few years now, and uh, I should say that Rory has helped me as much as anybody in this whole world uh, in terms of my uh, the speaking side of my business, but I have had not just one, but two beers with Rory Vaden, the self-discipline strategist. So his self-discipline can be cracked <laughs> under the right circumstances, ladies and gentlemen. Don't let him fool you. Uh, I have not yet watched Modern Family with Rory and his uh, fantastic wife, AJ, but I have had two beers. So I've got that going for me. Two beers. That's funny. That's funny. Well, I don't actually drink beer, but I do drink the foofy drinks. That's you know, right. Yes, well. I drank two I beers. I drank two beers. You had, you beer. had two, had like, uh, whatever they were, like, you know, something something crazy. Single mom who sold Mary Kay pretty boy drinks. <laughs> <laughs> something with an umbrella or, uh, or, or Contro or something like that. Uh, fruit. Fruit, exactly. It's words off scurvy. Okay, so we're going to ask you, Rory, the last two questions we ask everybody on the show. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. He's ready. He's always ready. Uh, he's got all this extra time. He's multiplied it. So yeah. first question is, uh, what one tip would you give somebody looking to become a social pro? Mm. Well, one of my favorite uh, you know, pieces of, of wisdom that comes from the Southwestern culture, and then we popularized it and take the stairs, and it, it's become a real common catchphrase for every area of my life, and um, uh, is that success is never owned. Success is only rented, and the rent is due every day. And, and the reason I think that applies so well to social is because, you know, if you take that word success out of it, and, and we call it the rent axiom, if you put any word in there, you know, financial security is never owned, it's rented, and the rent is due every day. Being in great physical health is never owned, it's rented, and the rent is due every day. A happy marriage is never owned, it's rented, and the rent is due every day. Um, the rent is higher for some of you than others on that last one, depending on who you marry. <laughs> but um, when, when you embrace the when you embrace the idea that, that, that you're, not, you're not chasing toward some invisible finish line, and, and when, you, when you, you get outside of the mentality of this is just a diet or just a program or just a plan, and you embrace that, no, this, that what I'm doing here is, is not a temporary change but a permanent one. It's a, it's a complete change in, in my, my mentality, and I'm embracing that this is a journey, and, and that applies so well because it, it's like, we're always going to be, every relationship with a potential customer is never owned. It's rented and the rent is due every day. And so putting out quality content, it's not like you ever reach the finish line of providing utility to the world, right? It's, it's, it's something you have to embrace that this is going to happen forever. It's not something that we do six months of the year and then we just sell to people the rest of the time. It's a, it's a part of who we are. And so when you, when you, you shift from that the diet mentality and just again that finite mentality which is even what we're talking about here and you're getting outside of the paradigm of just today and you're you're making that significance calculation and you're thinking how does this matter over time and so to me I, I would say that's that's summarized pretty well by success is never owned it is only rented and the rent is due every day well in our industry you know when you're chasing chasing the likes and the retweets and the shares and and every day is a new piece of content uh, that particular perspective rings very very true the last question for you mr rory vaden author of the terrific new book procrastinate on purpose self-discipline strategist and sales consultant if you could do a skype call with any living person who would it be Oh, well, 
I would have to say, and this is probably a cliche answer, but uh, for some reason Richard Branson is is who pops to to the top of my mind. And, you know, I, I would be fascinated to hear what his thoughts were on this whole concept of being a multiplier because, you know, if, if it's about giving yourself the emotional permission to spend time on things today that give you more time tomorrow, what happened was, like when we created the focus funnel, the focus funnel was our attempt to create a visual depiction of the thought process that multipliers go through unconsciously. And so we're trying to codify what they really do and how uh, you know most people put their to-do list together by saying, what's the most important thing I have to do today? A multiplier is subconsciously going, it's not so much about that, but as much as how can I use my time in a way today that that, that create more scalable or uh, exponential results tomorrow. Um, and you know, when I think of multiplier, Richard Branson is probably a person who comes to mind. He's been able to create such scalable businesses in so many different industries. I would just really be fascinated to both hear what his thoughts were on kind of the focus funnel and the multiplier time methodology and also to have him challenge the thinking and, and, and maybe fill in some gaps because I, I bet that he would. And I, my, my premise, my, like my, my, my thinking is that he would probably read it and go, this is exactly what I do. I've never understood why this is what I do or how I do. I've never been able to explain to people, but this is it. And then he would say, and here are five things that you have said that are completely wrong. <laughs> and, and and here's 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 the last piece that you missed. Yeah. Um, and I would love I would just love to have that opportunity. Okay, Rory. So here's the thing: when we get Branson on the show uh, on Social Pros, we'll make sure that we give him a I'm copy of the back. book. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll work that out, Jeff. I'm going to assign that to you, uh, and uh, we'll get Branson uh, teed up here on Social Pros. This is a big show. This is uh, this is no joke. I think we could we could pull that card one of these days. Well, I could I, I could reach out to his assistant. I uh, had a hand in bringing him to connections levels many years ago. So uh, I remember. We need the downloads. We need the downloads. It would be great. Rory, thank you so much. Uh, thanks for being here. Uh, thank you for uh, being so gracious with uh, with your time, not only with me personally, but all of our listeners here. I think a lot of folks are going to get a ton out of this podcast, uh, but certainly you need the book to get the full effect. It is a game changer, and I don't use that term lightly. It's called Procrastinate on Purpose. He is Rory Vaden. Hey, Jay, thank you so much for having me. And and Jeff, one thing that we didn't get to talk about, and I just it's kind of a good note to end on, you know, mm -hmm. Salesforce and is, um, you know, one of the biggest breakthroughs in my own life from, you know, going through this journey was realizing that um, automation is to your time exactly what compounding interest is to your money. And what you guys do is such an important part of the future of Automate because for the big question and opportunity for cost savings for companies in the future is not so much saving time or not so much saving money as it is about saving time. And I, I, you're living square in that world. And, and so, uh, you know, automation is to your time what compounding interest is to your money. So I have a big appreciation for what you do. I think we've we've got uh, enough fodder for a part two at some point in the future. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll do, we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll have a, a repeat episode. That would yeah, be that's, awesome. that's a great topic. And I, I love that analogy in the book. So strongly encourage folks to uh, go get it, download it, buy it, read it.
Thanks for listening to the show. As always, I am Jay Bayer from Convince and Convert. He's Jeff Roars from Salesforce Marketing Cloud. You can find this podcast, of course, on iTunes. You can also find this show and our sister show, Content Pros, on marketingpodcast.com. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This has been Social Pros. Thanks for listening to Social Pros. Please leave a review or subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app. Go to socialpros.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. Social Pros is sponsored by Salesforce Marketing Cloud, Chartstack, Tap Influence, Farmstack, and Cision, and is produced by Convince and Convert. Find more great shows like Social Pros at marketingpodcast.com, the first search engine for marketing podcasts.